you know, I'm looking at the rise of these consumer brands that are explicitly political, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Yeah. You make coffee. <laughs> it is yeah. a commodity. It's coffee. Yeah. And yet they're getting higher price and they're getting more of a fan following. Why? Because they position themselves as Black Rifle Coffee veteran. We're tough. We have guns mm-hmm. and, you know, all this. They tap into that sort of cultural mindset. So I just looked at that and I said, okay, well, I don't see why this couldn't happen with real estate. Hey folks, this is Clayton Collins, and we're bringing you a special episode of the Housing News Podcast today, an episode from our sister brand, Real Trends, the real trending podcast hosted by our editorial director, Tracy Belt. In today's episode, Tracy interviews Rob Hahn, or as the industry knows him, the notorious ROB. And we're bringing this episode to you, our housing news audience, because Rob and Tracy go into some really important topics. They talk about Zillow, CoStar, some of the competitors and innovators that are coming in to make waves in the real estate market. Rob and Tracy also go into some of the commission lawsuits and what's going on in the real estate brokerage world that could change the industry forever. Tune into this episode. I really hope you enjoy. And if you love it as much as I do, check out Real Trending. Tracy hosts the hosts the show weekly, and it is an excellent view into the world of real estate and the real estate brokerage ecosystem. Enjoy. In today's changing market, Rocket Pro TPO gives brokers the tools they need to compete and win more business. Experience Pro Performance, the industry's elite training with three pillars. Sales training gives you the skills to do more for your clients. Platform training helps you maximize Rocket technology and process. All Access combines the best of both trainings in a live session where you'll meet your team. Learn more about Pro Performance at rocketprotpo.com. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast. This is your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. With me today is Rob Hahn, better known as the Notorious ROB. Um, Rob is Managing Partner of 7DS Associates, which is a Las Vegas-based real estate strategy and consulting firm. He also hosts his own podcast called Notorious P.O.D., um, so make sure you um, hop on over and take a listen to that as well. So welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me on, Tracy. It's been it's been a while. It's been a minute. I know it has. It yeah. has. And I'm really excited to talk to you because I know that you're kind of an industry expert. You've been tuned into the industry for a yeah. long time now. Um, and uh, so I wanted to get your take on some of the bigger issues happening. Sure. Um, sure. And I also listened to the interview with Susan um, Daimler with Zillow's president at the Connect event, and you had written some um, thoughts about that. And, you know, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be about the housing super app. They really did not discuss that a whole lot, but they really dismissed CoStar and in fact, forgot the name of the company um, (laughs) conveniently. (laughs) You know, I don't know. So I've heard different takes on that. I've heard Mm -hmm. that, uh, that it could have just been like Susan wasn't quite sure what Brad was referring to. Yeah. So she was like, you know, because of City Snap and like, so you know, maybe she would just ask for clarification. Yeah. 
I'm like, look, how do you dice it though? I mean, you're just providing <laughs> bulletin board material. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and I, I've, you know, I kind of expect that from Zillow, you know, they're, they're going to kind of dismiss the competition, but I, I, you know, I want to discuss that. Like, what, what do you think is going on here? And, and what sure. are your thoughts on, on CoStar and, sure. um, and Zillow? Sure. Uh, so it's, this is obviously something we could talk about probably for a couple hours. So yeah. I'll preface it and maybe this is a show. I don't think it is that uh, last year when CoStar entered the market, entered the residential real estate industry, I, I thought this is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I want to say it was like a 108 page report, you know, kind of going through everything that I did a tremendous amount of research to it. So the long, so if people are interested, you know, come to my site, go download the paper, read it for yourself. Long story short is that I think CoStar is expecting cooperation compensation to go away in the next few years. So I think they're positioning themselves to come in and kind of take over, right? Um, you know, they are the number one sort of commercial real estate um, portal, as well as what is effectively the MLS for commercial real estate, because they don't have that or have that in that industry. Um, they've, I, I think they're just seeing an opportunity if they think they're seeing a window. I think they see that Zillow's weak or weaker than people imagine, and they think they're going to, um, you know, take that over. So that's what I think it's going to happen. They're a very serious competitor. Uh, Andy Florence is, I think he's a genius. I think he's one of the great business leaders of, of our generation, you know, of our time. Um, you know, it's, to me, it's no mistake that he and Jeff Bezos know each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, he's built a reputation that I think is well-deserved for being, you know, pretty tough competitor. Like you really don't want to mess with him. Certainly Um, laid down the gauntlet there on. on Yeah. And, you know, they've had success to apartments.com. You know, they, uh, obviously are going to do home staff and homes. And I think they're just looking to replicate what worked. I think they see that the U S is really unique in the entire world. And once that uniqueness kind of gets, goes away, thanks to government action, then yeah, the REA group, you know, the Australian model, the UK right move, like, I think this will work. And I think that's what they're counting on. And what so, do you think? So are you, are you on the side of um, thinking that compensation and cooperation will go away? Yeah, I am. Okay. And I'm pretty contrarian on that. I know, but I've been saying that since Merle was filed, right? Yeah. Like when that loss was filed, I wrote a bunch of stuff like, this is a serious mm-hmm. threat. This is a real thing. I mean, I think now people are starting to maybe come around to that. But, you know, I literally just wrote a post today talking about how the Sitzer court. So Sitzer is the case out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. They just uh, came out with an opinion certifying class action. But, you know, I'm reading this opinion. I'm like, you know, the court goes into this level of detail, like just goes on and on about things that they didn't really, I don't feel like needed to go into. But what I'm, what I'm reading out of it is that the courts have pretty much decided the plaintiffs are going to win. Really? So just kind of, I think now it's the case is that's how it feels to me. Like NAR and the defendants are going to have to go in and convince the court out of like what they've already kind of decided. You know what I mean? Again, I could be wrong, you know, but. Well, that's if that sort of happens, well, how do you see that in um, impacting real estate brokers? Oh my God. It's, it's, it's uh asteroid, you know, hitting, right. As right. Uh, you know, Greg Robertson and I, when we did our industry relations podcast, mm-hmm. we talked about this. It's the entirety of residential real estate in the U S and part of and Canada as well mm-hmm. is built on this, right. Mandatory offer of cooperation compensation. Mm-hmm. So if that goes away, then we have to redo everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And no one really knows. Right. So there's some speculation, right. 
So one of the things is a number of people think that the number of buyer agents will go from whatever it is today to one to 5%. Okay. Because that's the number in Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, other countries, they just don't have this notion of buyer agency. A lot of folks think that ah, that's probably not going to happen. We're still going to have buyer agents. I'm kind of in that camp. I think we're still going to have buyer agents. I just think they're going to be paid differently. Mm-hmm. Right? So we don't know how that's going to play out. It's going to be through exclusive buyer agency agreements. It's going to be something else. I think it's going to be hourly rate. Yeah. You know, personally, I think okay. we're going to have people use buyer agents, but they're just going to say, you know what? Um, I'm going to pay you by the hour. Mm-hmm. Give me the advice that I need. You know, do whatever I need you to do for me but I'm going to pay by the hour. I think that's how it's going to go in my view, but I could be wrong. What do you think um, that means to salaried models? I think it makes salary models pretty strong, right? But the problem with the salary model, it's not a legal thing, really. It's just a financial thing, right? So in a, in a real hot market, you could go salary, you know, you could probably hire some people. The trouble is like the better agents there, you can't pay them enough. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little weak. Um, you could do a commission type model that's still W2. So, you know, it's kind of a blend of the two. But then the problem becomes, okay, now you got to pay a minimum draw against commission. You know, there's, you know, minimum wage laws you have to comply with. There's all of the benefits, all the social security, you know, Medicare, Medicare, like it just gets really expensive. So I think brokerage is going to have to figure that stuff out. Uh, what's interesting to me is, I think in the last few years, we've really seen the agent teams start to migrate toward that model because it's better for them, right? Yeah, yeah. But the difference between the two is that the teams control the leads and the brokers don't, so. Right, Um, which we'll get into uh, in in a little while about that. Um, And you mentioned Greg Robertson. I'm assuming you're talking about drop offer. No, no, no. So it's uh, CMA, you know, he's not with Lone Wolf. Okay. Greg and I do a, a podcast called Industry Relations. We've been doing it okay. for a while. And okay. we've been talking about this sort of asteroid hitting, yeah. you know, the industry, you know, that that would be what the government thing, you know, action is. Yeah. And how, you know, where, when do you see that actually happening? I mean, are we a year out, two years out, five yeah. years out? I mean, I, I've been saying for a while, I think it's the next three years. I actually yeah. think we're going to see it kind of start this year and next year. Mm-hmm. And I think we really hit the asteroid hit probably by 24 is what okay. I'm guessing. Okay. And I'm, I mean, no, that's way faster than a lot of people think. Um, but for me, it's because I think real estate and housing is going to be a really big political issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it already kind of is in a lot of markets. Yeah. So midterm elections this year, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be that big an issue. I think it's going to be inflation economy. But I think by 24, I could see housing being... A major issue, which case the, the administration is going to want the FTC to do some things and make mm-hmm. some rules so they could stand up and say, we're doing something for you. Right. That sort of thing. That's why I think it's going to be by 24. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're going to switch gears a little bit um, in a way, but we're going to talk yeah. about interest rates. I, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> talking to brokers. They have a little PTSD from the great recession and, sure. and um, even the beginning of the pandemic when they sure. were very unsure of what was happening. Um, so there, you know, I've heard them talk a little bit about worrying about a slowdown, uh, you know, high interest rates, and they've started to take some precautions, cut their operating budgets, um, mm-hmm. just really take a close look at their expenses. Um, what are you seeing out there? And what do you mm-hmm. recommend brokers do to prepare for really just to be a market proof broker? Yeah, I mean, so I'm super contrained on this, right? You know, I'm, I'm really, 
And I think, you know, look, fact of matters, I'm not an economist. I just look like one. Uh, <laughs> so take everything I'm saying with, you know, a huge shaker of salt. Um, but what I, we're just not seeing pricing really get that, that low, right? Mm-hmm. And I, because I don't think we're having a housing, like, I don't think home prices have gone up. This is one of the things I'm really contrarian about. I don't think we've seen home prices go up. I think we've seen the dollar devalued. Okay. So if that's the case, then, you know, mortgage rates like almost don't matter. Of course, it matters to some extent because mm-hmm. buyer demand is going to get impacted. But I don't even think the, the family buyer is really what, what we care about now. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of institutional investors. I think it's, and people want to talk about BlackRock and, you know, mm-hmm. and Invitation Homes and these guys and Tricon. I'm like, yeah, but those are really small. The folks you need to be looking at are like family funds, wealthy individuals, mm-hmm. you know, who might buy two or three homes instead of 20, 30,000 homes. And yet in the aggregate, they're having a lot more impact. Yeah. And I think what I'm, what I've seen or what I think is happening is we're seeing a rotation of capital mm-hmm. out of bonds, specifically out of cash, out of bonds, out of stock market to some extent into real estate as an inflation hedge. Um, so, you know, like everyone's talked about, like the Fed has come out and so we're going to raise rates. They've in fact raised rates and we're going to start quantitative tightening, all these things, the market's priced it and blah, blah, blah. Okay. The last month's print for home prices, I think was still up 14%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we're not, you know, people are starting to talk about, you know, agents of the field are starting to talk about, we're not seeing as many multiple offers. We're not seeing as much, maybe, but it's probably a market dependent, right? Yeah. And from what I could tell, some of the Southeastern US, which is really where the, you know, Florida, Texas, right? Those, mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, it's still just as crazy, right? Yes. Prices are just as high investor activity just as high. So I don't, I don't think it's really going to have the impact people imagine it's going to have. Yeah. Again, I could be completely wrong because macroeconomics is one of those things. Who the hell knows? Yeah. But that's, yeah. I don't, I don't think mortgage rates like, so another way to think about it, I suppose, is how high do rates have to go really right. for the housing market to crash? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's five, 6%. That's still pretty low, historically speaking. I think it's more like 18, 20%. I don't see a scenario where the Fed is going to be able to raise rates that high. Yeah. Yeah. Without the rest of the economy collapsing. And I just don't think, I I just don't see the government allowing that to happen. So I think we're just going to have inflation. We're going to have dollar devaluation and homes, you know, home price will keep going up, you know, maybe not as fast. Yeah. But that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I hear this from brokers, but we actually have a Real Trends Broker Pulse survey and mm-hmm. we're currently accepting um, submissions for it still. But I took a peek at some of the results and yeah. overwhelmingly, they are still very optimistic about yeah. the market in the next. We do kind of a quarterly. So in the next yeah. quarter, they're yeah. overwhelmingly optimistic. And I'm in Florida and I'll tell you, prices have not gone down. Right, right. So, and you know the 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 real danger I think for brokers especially mm-hmm. is what I could see happening is prices remaining high and continuing to rise, but transaction counts slowing <clears throat> because really it's about inventory. Yeah. Right? And I was having a conversation about this maybe with Steve, but I think it was with somebody else as well. Just about like why would anyone sell a home? Yeah. I mean, so and that just people just imagine like oh, unless. You have like you have some real reason to sell a home. Why would you ever sell a home? 
Right? Yeah. Just rent it out. Like, right? Yeah. It's rent one of those high. things. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I think that's, that's the real pressure. You know, people yeah. are counting on what, uh, what are the like divorces, deaths? Like you have to count on that. Right. People are like, okay. It's time to sell a home. Right. Yeah. Cause the boomer generation really isn't um, downsizing. Like we expected them to, right. and you're counting on deaths in that, you know, generation. Right. So yeah. Right. Um, but even but- when that happens, then, then you run into sort of some of the subtleties. So let's say you have a boomer who, you know, dies mm-hmm. in San Francisco Bay area. Okay, yeah. cool. Now you have this home that goes to the market in San Francisco Bay area. Who wants to move there? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like we're seeing yeah. all the movement in the last few years has been away from these very high cost blue states into low cost red states. So, yeah. you know, are we all of a sudden like, okay, some 30 something couples are like, yeah, I want that, that four yeah. bedroom house in Palo Alto, even though it's $8 million. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, is that yeah. what we're going to see? I don't. So we'll see what happens, but I think it's, so at least for this year, next year, you know, for the foreseeable future until something happens at the macro level, I just don't see housing being anything that anyone would sell. And if you could buy it, you should buy it. Yeah. So I think folks and agents do fine, except for the inventory problem. Well, when you talk about the inventory problem, it is interesting with the Real Trends 500 rankings. um, It was based on 2021 data, um, but our 2022 rankings really transaction sites were up. Correct. I mean, there are houses for sale. They're Correct. just not staying in inventory. Um, so so that I think is is something that's overlooked a lot by the media that, um, you know, there are houses out there. It's harder to get one for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And they go quickly and there are mm-hmm. multiple offers and agents are working really hard for their money right now. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Especially the buyer agents, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I saw the same stats. I was like, yeah, you know, 2021 was almost a record year. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm wondering is, does it continue? Right. Yeah. Because there are a bunch of people who think, oh my God, look at these prices. Like, yeah, we're at the top of the market. I should sell now. Yeah. And I, so I've been asking this question at every conference, everyone I speak to about this topic. So, okay, you're right. It is at the top of the market. So you sell it. What are you going to do with this money? Right. Right. So, yeah. If you're moving, and so we talk about geographic arbitrage, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you're moving from New York to Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes all the sense in the world. I get that. You sold your house. Now you're going to move to Florida and overpay, yeah. or overpay by Florida standards, but by New York standards, like, oh my God, what a bargain. So you're mm-hmm. going to do that. Great. Are you going to sell your Florida house? I don't think so, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. number one. Number two, if it's not that, if it's a, I mean, so who has a house to sell? Mm-hmm. Right. So you sell a house and then you're moving, like you're paying, you know, you're selling top of the market. You're also paying top of the market. So that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So if you're now we're down to investors, mm-hmm. right? People bought maybe or became an investor in 2000, let's say. So, okay. You know, now's the time because, oh my God, look at the gains. Like, cool. You sold your house. You have a million dollars in cash. What are you going to do with this money? Where are you going to put it? That's good, doing better than houses. That's yeah. doing better than real estate. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that. Um, yeah. So again, I've no, this is not proof. This is just anecdote. It was at a property yeah. management conference and they were talking about how a lot of their smaller sellers were starting to like, wait, what, what would, so let's say I sell, unless I could get into more real estate, what am I doing with this money? I'm not putting it into stock market. You know, I'm not yeah. putting it into bonds. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. I'm real curious what 2020 is. 
I know I am too. Um, and yeah, we did have two historic years for our rankings and volume and transaction size right. and, and um, number of, of brokerages who even made the nation's best, which is a minimum, you know, transaction side. So yeah. it'll be interesting what happens in the coming years for sure. It will. I know yeah. it will. Um, so what I've, I mean, teams have been around for a long time. And yes. even the mega teams have been around, um, but with the advent of, you know, EXP and the virtual um, brokerage, mm-hmm. I've really seen this new model of team emerge. Yeah. Um, and I actually spoke with one, they have their own mortgage brokerage. Um, you know, I, there's another uh Broker who has a product out there who for for people who want to affiliate for small brokers who need the services such as like a moxie work, but they don't have enough people to get on it. Um, You know, I've seen kind of a lot of that lately. What have you seen out there Um, and where where do you see that trending? Yeah, same. And like, I feel like I'm the guy who's been yelling about teams for the longest time, right? That I think teams are going to eat the industry Uh and people thought you're a moron. Okay, well, here I am 10 years later, you know, wasn't that much of a moron. Um, I think it's just going to accelerate. And some of the data I would love to see, like, say, you guys produce. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I had Steve, uh, Steve Murray, you know, uh-huh. uh, on my podcast, I remember having this conversation, like what percentage of a top broker of their business comes from these mega teams. Mm-hmm. So we would speculate on, okay, let's say you take the number one brokerage in a given market mm-hmm. and you took five of their teams away, the five of their agents, mm-hmm. where, where do they then end up in the local market? No one's really done this study. No. Right. Mm-hmm. But boy, it would be interesting to know. Like, okay, Compass, for example, I think overtook Realty as number one. Right? Yeah, sales. Okay, volume. how many people are responsible for that flip flop? Yeah, because if it ends up being like, it turns out ten teams, <laughs> right, are the reason why Compass overtook Realty. That's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. And if I'm Realty, then I have to go. Let's go pay those ten teams whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So I no, I really do see that happening. The problem is, as you know, um, brokers and teams have not yet figured out how to get along. I mean, yeah. I just don't think they have. They'll, they'll yeah. you know, they put out a you know public face, and you know, of course, mm-hmm. but they're fundamentally sort of opposed economically, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's been figured out yet. Yeah. For sure, the teams are in dominant positions uh, as yet. You know. I do know some are looking at things like getting into title, escrow, mortgage, et cetera. But at that point, the, more, the broker just says, you know what? Why am I taking on legal responsibility for you? Screw you. Just go start your own. Yeah. And so they do, right? Yeah. But there are some downsides to doing that. So it's this real tenuous tension. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really been figured out. I think when the entire sort of infrastructure, mm-hmm. so the asteroid hitting you know, the industry right. kind of thing, I think it's going to take that for the teams and the brokers to figure out. What, 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 how do we belong here? Right. Yeah. Like what's our, what's our role? Like how does, how does this all fit together? I know for a fact that a lot of brokers are just running teams as lost leaders mm-hmm. and hoping that they're going to get some title escrow mortgage business out of them. Yeah. If that gets nuked, then what? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's real, it's real kind of up in the air, but I don't think it's any secret to anybody listening to this podcast that the uh, brokers know they're getting bent over a barrel by the teams. Right. Teams know they are, mm-hmm. but the teams are going to do what's in their best interest and the brokers mm-hmm. haven't figured out how to deal with them. 
Well, and you look at, um, you know, margin compression on real estate brokerage um, compared to the gross margins of teams. Um, yeah. Why would you ever start a brokerage? Just Correct. start a Correct. team. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of brokers are starting to come to this realization going, you know, um, go to their teams and say, hey, listen, uh, just I, I don't make any money from you. Like, go. Mm-hmm. But what does that then mean for that? Like, it just gets really complicated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're going to have yeah. a lot of independent brokerages around. <laughs> Potentially, right? Yeah. Except that's then you got to talk about like clear cooperation policy. Then you got to yes. get into some of that stuff. And yeah. there's some yeah. real advantage to being a big broker. And mm-hmm. yeah. We'll see. And now we're going to take a, a really quick break for this week's edition of the Mortgage Minute brought to you by Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions. It's more important now than ever to choose your non QM partner wisely. This is Stephen Winokur with Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions with today's non-QM Minute. With seemingly a new non-QM player daily, how should you choose which ones to work with? Start with this question. How long have you been doing non-QM? Wouldn't you rather work with someone who has done 10,000 bank statement loans versus someone who has done 10? Ask them about their focus. Are they an agency lender who is dabbling in non-QM or is it their main concentration? Ask them about their strategy. Do they originate to retain or originate to sell? Do they need final investor approval before closing? Ask them about marketing support. Do they have the tools to help you build your business? Finally, ask them about the team and how long they've been working with non-QM. Your reputation and livelihood can be at stake if you choose the wrong lender. Make sure you choose wisely. And that's today's non-QM Minute. So I read with interest your seven predictions post back in December. And the one that I was like, huh, that's interesting. I've never heard anybody talk about this. Um, You felt like the launch of a conservative real estate brand or one with a Christian bent. um, That was really like a thought provoker for me. And I said, like, so we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Um, you know, obviously by doing that, they're going to alienate half the agents out there. But on the other hand, you know, people want to affiliate with a company that aligns with their values. Mm -hmm. And if every company out there only thinks one way and politics are so upfront right now, I thought that concept is an interesting one. So tell me your thoughts on that. So I thought of that last year, um, obviously, because when I wrote the predictions, yes, you know, just looking at the at society as a whole, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at the rise of these consumer brands that are explicitly political. Mm-hmm. And as an example, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Yeah, you make coffee. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. a commodity. It's coffee. Yeah. And yet they're getting higher price and they're getting more of a fan following. Why? Because they position themselves as Black Rifle Coffee, veteran, we're tough, we have guns mm-hmm. and, you know, all this, they tap into that sort of cultural mindset. And then you've got guys like 511 Tactical. You make jeans, you make yeah. shirts. And because they're sort of trying to tap into all of that, I saw that. And I think it was really a reaction for those companies to what sort of the quote mainstream mm-hmm. people like Nike going out and, you know, glorifying Colin Kaepernick. Well, half the country doesn't, they're not down with that. Yeah. But they're like, well, I want to buy jeans. Well, where do I go? Well, Nike, you know, so it's all of a sudden, hey, I'll go to 511. Yeah. Same thing with coffee. Maybe Starbucks is like all woke. Okay. There are people who don't want that. They're like, where do I go? Here's mm-hmm. Black Rifle Coffee. So I just looked at that and I said, okay, well, I don't see why this couldn't happen with real estate. 
mm-hmm. especially after NAR went with their sort of free speech, you know, the speech code, and they're mm-hmm. embroiled in a lawsuit right now. And I've heard from a lot of brokers and agents who are not happy about that. They were really pissed. I say, but that's at the association level. Right. That got me thinking. There's really nothing that's more of a commodity than real estate brokerage. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, it's all about the agent. You know, like mm-hmm. we all know this. Okay. So if there's some agent who really feels strongly, you know, mm-hmm. my values are this, I want to align with my values, but my brokerage, my brand is, I don't know, they're they're making donations to whatever trans rights activists. Mm-hmm. This isn't about who's right or, or wrong. Right, it's right. About those, like, I could really see the agent sound look for something else. Yeah. Since I wrote that, think about this. Jeremy's Razors. Mm-hmm. Daily Wire coming out saying, we're going to go against Disney. We're going to launch a razor company. Mm-hmm. And consumer demand for that has been enormous. So I look at this and I say, you have to be, I mean, somebody out there has to be thinking, you know what? I'll give up my market share in sort of the blue states, mm-hmm. but I'm in Nashville, I'm in Atlanta, I'm in Tampa, I'm in, you know, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I do that? So I'll go out with, I don't know, some explicitly Patriot Realty USA kind of thing, wave the flag. The service you provide are, are commodified, right? It's, it's real estate services, but you're trying to appeal to those consumers who are going to be buying Jeremy's razors, who are going to be buying 511 Tactical, who are going to be buying Black Rifle Coffee. Okay, well, it's time to buy or sell a house. Come with Patriot Realty USA. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> just, so you haven't heard of any so far. I haven't heard of any so far, but you okay. know what gets pointed out is there are all these individual realtors, individual small independents to talk about that mm-hmm. wrap themselves flag. I'm Christian and I'm this, that. Yeah. Cool. What we haven't seen is a brand. Yeah, I think that's next. I think it's yeah. just a matter of time before somebody sees that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, what's what's the goal? Like, we're going to just try to appeal to everybody and mm-hmm. then beat Keller Williams? Like, are you out of your mind? You're not beating Keller Williams. Right? Yeah. Not anytime soon. So if you want to have some sort of competitive advantage from a branding standpoint, you've got to go with something. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think somebody's going to f- say, we're going to go after this conservative, whatever, Trumper audience. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I have a lot of mixed feelings about that. Like I really believe companies should focus on their their product and and yep. not you know, I don't like the politics in every part of my life. Yep. I I don't want to know who they support or don't support. Yep. Like um, you know, I I would much rather they just you know, make good coffee and sell their coffee, you know? So it's interesting, but from a branding perspective and and that, um, yeah, I I would really, uh, you know, I'd love to see someone do it and interview that person to talk about what their, what their thoughts are. So I think that'd be wonderful. Like, and and I'm with you. I I just think it's stupid that we have to get, uh, let politics infect everything. Yeah. But it has. I know. And this isn't about like whether we like it or not. I'm just mm-hmm. pointing out like 511 Tactical makes a lot of money. Yeah. Black Rifle yeah. Coffee makes a lot of money. Altered State makes a lot of money. Yeah. Jeremy's Razors is going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Somebody out there with a real estate brand is going to go, I also will attempt to make a lot of money. Yeah. And so. I actually didn't know the Altered State story. My daughter, um, you know, we were at in Chicago, actually. Yeah. And- her and her friends were like, we need to go in this store. And I'm looking around and I'm like, yeah. huh, 
that's, this is interesting. And then I looked them up and, and sure enough, you know, I, but I wouldn't have known that, right. You know, I just knew based on some of the t-shirts and things that they were selling. Um, and my daughter had no idea. She didn't, right. she, and she didn't care. <laughs> so, and nor yeah. should she. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you what, there are a bunch of parents in Utah you know, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that are taking their daughters to Alter State instead yes. of Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's what it is. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with the, the canceling, cancel culture. If mm-hmm. I like something, I like something, uh, you know, so I don't yeah. know. So um, we'll see if that one comes true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting one and one that I haven't really heard anybody talk about. And, you know, I mean, as a thought leader yourself, I, I thought it was interesting. So, yeah. um, so I want to go there with the brokerage uh, tech companies as well. For a mm-hmm. while, they were having these wild valuations and, you know, now we're seeing kind of a decline in stock price. I know Steve Murray kind of says, well, that's because Wall Street wised up to what the company's true value is. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? And do you see them, you know, recovering? Brokerage tech companies specifically? Real estate tech, brokerage tech companies. So like a compass and, a, you know, a, okay. that type of, of company. Open door. We've got the iBuyers, you know. So um, disclosure is I'm long open door. Okay. I'm a huge, huge fan of Open Door. I'm a big fan of market makers. I'm a big fan of iBuyer. I think I'm the biggest bull on iBuying there is. Yeah. I, I, so I would separate them out from everyone else. Okay. Uh, Compass to me is a brokerage. Mm-hmm. EXP is a brokerage. They're all brokerages. And I think brokers are having some problems um, because people are starting to realize they don't, their margins just suck ass. And there's yeah. no scenario where they stop sucking. Yeah. Like there's no narrative where Compass or EXP or somebody will say, hey, yeah, and you know what? Once we have all of this, we're going to be able to charge 40%. You know, yeah. uh, no, there's there's no there's no scenario where you get 60-40 splits as a broker. But they will find a path to profitability through core services and that. Sure, they'll, they'll have to do, you know, mortgage title escrow, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to with that is, Okay, so what stops those mortgage title and escrow companies just going, you know, well, why don't we just run real estate brokerages? Well, and they're starting to do that. Bingo, Rocket, right? better. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of concerns around that. Um, and I think a lot of the Wall Street folks are a little down on real estate as a whole area, which mm-hmm. I don't understand, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think the eye buying is different. Right, because I think those guys are actually solving a real problem uh, that you know consumers feel, and I think as long as you do that, you're going to be fine. It's going to take a little bit of time, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guys, I think it's a matter of like EXP's growth has been magnificent; mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been amazing. But it's going to come at the cost of the other brokerages. Is how how I see it. We'll see when some when uh, like Fathom having gone public was was like whoa really yeah um, HomeSmart's going to go public hopefully this year you know sometime this mm-hmm. year and then that'll be another sort of entrant if you will yeah uh, Keller Williams has been talking about going public forever if they I don't manage know if they that. ever will <laughs> yeah right but if they manage that that'll be an amazing sort of competitor mm-hmm. in that space it puts a lot of pressure on Realty it puts a lot of pressure on you know home yeah. service, it puts a lot of pressure on Remax and all these other guys. Mm-hmm. Same, more the merrier, but because the margin is the, is the issue, right? And we're still talking about kind of um, 
in its limited space. In other words, we're not going to go from six and a half million homes sold to 12 million homes sold. Like there's no, right. We, yeah. I just don't see that. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're still talking about like a fixed pie and then who gets what. Yeah. So, you know, except for I buying where you're just fixing the broken underlying broken transaction. Mm-hmm. I think the, the rest are going to have a bit of a tough time. So I have two questions for you based on that. Um, The first one is, do you think we're going to see a trend toward some of these real estate brokerages that went public going back private? Um, It's possible, but where are they going to get the money to go private? Well, there's a lot of venture capital out there. Yeah. So it would have to be some private equity fund that buys them out, takes them private. But the issue is, okay, so you take them private. What does that get you? Right. Right. I mean, it used to be that you take a company private because it allows you to do certain things or. Right. I, I just don't see what what going private does for say, say, really, you got taken private. Well, OK, congrats. You're now private. Now what? Yeah. It's not like you can raise your prices. It's not like you can go to your agents and say, OK, yeah, you were in a 95 five split. You're now in 70, 30 splits like that. They right. can't do that. Yeah. So what I don't know what it does for you. Right. Yeah. On the flip side, going public lets you start paying Access. your agents with stock. Right. I mean, that's what EXP has done extraordinarily well. Yes. Um, and that's why I think I think we are going to see Keller Williams go public mm-hmm. at last. Yeah. Because otherwise you can't compete with EXP. Yeah. Yeah. And we know they want to compete with EXP. Oh, sure. So bad, but, we know that. Yeah. Although I think that, um, you know, even with EXP, there's a cap on how big they can grow. I mean, we, look at Keller Williams. I mean, they, you know, they capped out at, at a certain point. Um, and that just is the way the industry has always been. Mm-hmm. Um, but my other question is on iBuying. Yeah. So the margins are really slim on iBuying too. Yeah, So that's right. why do you feel like... Um, I agree with you that it's any anything that helps a consumer, and this is something that gives consumer another option is a positive. Um, is positive, but in the, that same vein, it's hard to make a lot of money just in i buying. Do you think mm-hmm. some of these i buyers will expand to other services? Uh, no, I think so. From the beginning, Tracy, my my theory on iBuying from the very beginning, like when Open Door started mm-hmm. in 2014, was this is not about real estate. Yeah. This is about mortgage. Mm-hmm. Because that's where all the pain comes from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I suspect that they're just trying to get to market share, you know, and I've I've long had this theory that it's about seller financing or mortgages and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I thought Zillow was going to get there. Obviously, they're not. Um, yeah. So I figure Open Door's next. But that's in the market maker model. What yeah. people often forget is, I think if you think, at least I think about I buying as mm-hmm. something that makes the transaction easier for the consumer. Right. That includes the so-called power buyer models. Yes. Right. Where you, you're going to go and buy the house for the, you know. Yeah. It's just better. And I'm yeah. like, you know, people have worried about margin. Like, you know what? What's what's Uber's margin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Do, do you care what Uber's margin is? And the answer is no, you don't, because it's yeah. a better product than the taxi service that existed. Right. So, you know, people get obsessed about margins. I'm like, I, I don't know why, mm-hmm. right? Because we're going to talk margins. What's brokerage margins? Right. So are brokerages doomed to fail too? Like that. I'm like, look, what what the i buyers are doing, whether we're talking market makers or power buyers, mm-hmm. are fixing the broken transaction. Yeah. And they'll figure it out. And yeah. I think they're going to figure it out through mortgage. 
Right. Well, yeah. And I think it's interesting that agents are finally catching on that this is a positive thing. You know, yeah. at the beginning, it's oh, disruptor, disruptor, bad, yeah. bad, can't, yeah. you know, don't want to work with them, don't want to look at them. Yeah. Um, but they're they're missing out on a huge opportunity with consumers by not um working with them. And um and I think the disruptor of the past was we're gonna disrupt the agent, we're gonna get them out of the middle of the transaction, yeah. whereas the current disruptors are really partnering with agents. They're really disrupting the transaction per se, that's making right. it easier, more efficient. So, yeah, no, so, that's yeah. right. As yeah. I as I've said in the past presentation, this uh, notion of disintermediation is not a thing. Nobody yeah. wants to disintermediate the agent. Yeah. What we have instead is this brokeration. Yeah. They're trying to get rid of the broker. I think that is happening. That is mm-hmm. provable, and that is something that brokers know. They just don't know what to do about it. Yeah. So, what should they do about it? God, that's such a, we should be having another two hour or whatever. <laughs> I know. Uh, long and short of it, I think if you're a broker, you have to essentially transition to a team. Yeah. And the only opportunity left today for real sort of brokerages to do that, in my opinion, is property management. Yeah. Okay. It's the only one. And most of them are not set up to do it. So most of them will fail. Yeah. It's sad as that is. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. We could get into a lot more depth about that, you know, at some point. Yeah, we'll we'll schedule another podcast where we can yeah. go into that as well. So yeah. so it's been a little while since you released your seven predictions and, and obviously things trends shift. Um, so can you leave our audience with just some of your thoughts on where the industry is going in the next year or so? Maybe two years, one year. Oof. Um so next year, I think it's kind of, it's, it's going to be a really hot market. I think we're still going to have the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I think inventory becomes the main issue. I think brokers, agents are going to have amazing times, at least the productive ones. Mm-hmm. What's, and it's continuing the, the trend that we've seen for years, which is concentration of power. Yeah. I would really be interested to know what percentage of agents do what percentage of the production. I think that's gotten more and more concentrated. Mm -hmm. I think team dominance is going to be more and more explicit this year for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, real estate become is still like the place to put your money. So I think we're going to see massive rotation of capital. Housing affordability is going to be a real problem. So there's some political risk for that, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to live somewhere, right? So rents are going to go up, you know, home price Mm -hmm. is going to go up. It's going to suck for workers. It's going to suck for American families, but it is what it is. And as an industry, we're going to have some really hard decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Like, who are we for? Are we for home owners, home sellers? Are we for home buyers? Yeah. And um, but I don't think that's going to really hit us for the next two, three years. But right. by twenty twenty four, I think it certainly will become like the issue in twenty four. Yeah. Transition election cycle, housing is going to be a big issue. Yeah. And people are going to be all up in our grills saying, so who are, who are you for, right? Are you for the home seller or are you for the home buyer? Yeah. And, you know, th- that conversation should happen now, but I don't think anyone's ready to have a conversation. So that's that's a bit unfortunate. I, I yeah. think it should start to happen right now. Um, so that's kind of what I see. Mm-hmm. I buying is going to get more and more popular because it solves a problem. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, absent of black swan events like nuclear war or something, you know, like, you never know. It is, know. What, it is. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. what it is. 
Well, what about the low fee brokers? I noticed that they're gaining traction in the yeah. rankings and obviously yeah. they, they rely on volume of agents. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know the percentage, but I would guess they have fewer productive agents mm-hmm. than a traditional brokerage, like a re, or even Remax is even considered a mm-hmm. um, low fee. However, they really hire experienced agents where a lot of the low fee are hiring, you know, new agents. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that model? Um, because I know a lot of brokers are really concerned about competing with them, especially. I think, I think those models are fine. I think I've always thought they're the next generation of brokerage mm-hmm. because you're going to just make money on fees and mm-hmm. then ancillary services. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of where every broker is heading? Like, what are you really making on splits? Right? Yeah. Why not just convert to fees? Right? Yeah. Um, so I think they'll be able to just fine. I think they'll they'll compete very very well, and then we'll see who sort of survives that. Right. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, like I just I don't know what difference it makes. Like EXP, last time I looked at their numbers, they were effectively a ninety ten split company mm-hmm. with a cap and everything else. Like right. if EXP just said, you know, we're going to just be hundred percent and just charge everyone ninety nine dollar transaction fee, I, I think they'll probably do just fine. Yeah, because yeah. you're going to make all your money from ancillary services anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's my take on it. I mean, it's it's up to the realities and the you know those guys to figure out. Okay, how do we navigate this? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they got a job ahead of them for sure. They do. So and <laughs> independence, you know, they yeah. really got to figure that out. Yeah. Well, Rob, thanks so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and we need to do this more often. I know. (laughs) This was really fun. It's always fun talking to you as well, Tracy. So let's do this again. Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the Housing News Podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.